Today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Reese centers in on the believer's one and true focus. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in where? Jerusalem. The new believers became students and pupils of Jesus, not of Peter or anybody else, but of Jesus. Multiplying continuously, very important. The proclamation that Christ is the Messiah, the one who died for us, and the one can only forgive us, the one that makes us one with God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Remember those early growing pains? Back then, you couldn't understand why, but hindsight proves it was all worth it. Today, Pastor Xavier shares how the early church had to go through the same types of growth spurts necessary for spiritual maturity as well. Let's join him in the Book of Acts for today's Simple Truths study, Marks of a Healthy Church. Acts chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8. The church began to grow. And thank God for the book of Acts, because this is so important. Here we have three marks provided for us of a healthy church. They are as follows. First, the problem of growth, verse 1. Secondly, verse 2 through 4, the proper oversight. And then thirdly, in verse 5 through 8, the pleasing result. The problem of growth. The church was growing at an alarming rate, as we can see. 3,000 at Pentecost in Acts 2.41. 5,000 at healing the lame man in chapter 4, verse 4. And after the judgment of Ananias the fire, it says this. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multiplied both men and women. 5.14. Notice the church, due to its growth, was experiencing a difficult state. The Hellenists were accusing the Hebrews of neglecting the Hellenist widows. The meaning of the verb neglect is to look beyond or to overlook. Uh, the imperfect tense means that it was going on for some time. But there's no indication that it was deliberate. Uh, it's found only one time here in the New Testament. In fact, the epistle to Timothy, Paul writes, and he gives them instructions about the widows. And he makes the distinction between widows who are widows and widows who are indeed widows. Those who have family members are to care for those widows. So the church can care for those who are really widows indeed, who have no family members in 1 Timothy 3, uh, 5, 3 through 16. And there, we're not going to be sidetracked, but he gives qualifications. Not everybody was helped. Has had a good report, been a woman of one husband, raised children, you know, washed the saints' feet. There's a lot of qualifications. Today we think the church to help anybody no matter what. No. And people walk in with that attitude. We need to think biblically. Always be compassionate. Always be sensitive. But let's think biblically. You understand? I know the second you have the proper oversight. Two through four. In two, the twelve directed themselves to the multitude of disciples. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, The twelve were present, listen, among the people. Shepherds and elders and leaders who are not among the people are not servants. We, everybody on staff, comes from among you are one of you, and we serve you. We should be the greatest servants here. We have no excuse. You understand? The twelve were appointed by Jesus, as you know. Judas Iscariot hung himself in suicide. He was replaced by Matthew, who Jesus chose. And right here, look at the twelve. 
So Luke believed that Matthias was a 12. In fact, Paul never thought himself a 12 because in 1 Corinthians 5 and 8, he says that he appeared to the 12 and then to me also. Plus he said 500 at one time. Now, notice still in verse 2, the 12 denounce the abandoning of the word to serve tables. It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. The twelve did not allow the pressure and emotions of the moment to divert them from their priorities. Very important. The problem with today is people make decisions on emotions rather than on the importance and the priority of things. You understand? They could worsen the problem if they give in to them. The people saw only the, their physical needs. They're hungry. The twelve alone, notice, allowed their spiritual maturity to make the right decision at this point. They were being obedient in their call to the Great Commission, to disciple, to teach. The apostles knew it would be wrong for them to leave the Word of God to serve tables. In view of the great number of people needing the Word. Look at the word serve, diaconia. It means an attendant, to wait. We get our word deacon, minister, serve. Ask what a pastor is. One who serves tables. Look at verse 3. The twelve delegated the serving of tables to those who were qualified. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, which we may appoint over this business. The conclusion of the matter was that ministry would be passed on down to others who are born again believers. Real simple. Delegation. The word therefore means in accordance or consequently of the fact that there were too many people coming to Christ. What a joy. In view of this, they needed to be taught the word of God. Brethren, he calls them, Adelphus of the same womb, born by the word of God, the spirit of God, into the family of God. This is the first of 34 times it appears in the book of Acts. Notice the brethren were to select out among themselves seven men. Men of good reputation. The phrase is one word in the Greek. Marturo, to be a witness. We get our word martyr from it. Those who testify bore record of their Christian character. I notice the purpose is declared. The plan was to appoint, means to be set over the responsibility of the business of distribution to end what? The murmuring and meeting the need. Growth. The twelve, notice in verse 4, declare then their commitment to their top responsibility. But we will give ourselves, continue to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The sharp contrast between them cannot be missed. Between the urgent and the important. They would give themselves first, continually, to prayer. You must make the decision between urgent things and important things. Urgent things are not the most important sometimes. And the urgent carry us away from what is important to do. You understand? Notice the manner of prayer. Continually. The word means to adhere to one. To devote or to be steadfast. The same word has been used already three times in the book of Acts. Prayer declares many things. Our dependency on God to receive from God. Our source of illumination for the word of God. 
Then and only then would they give themselves continually to the ministry of what? The Word. The Word comes second after prayer. The study of God's Word can become nothing but academics. There's the danger. A badge of pride rather than a humbling the servant of God. The phrase ministry of the Word describes the studying and the imparting of God's revelation of Himself and the redemptive plan of God. The word diakonia, logos, the service of and by the Word of God. The teaching of the Word from Genesis to Revelation for the saints to grow, develop, and mature. No other way. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3 says, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desiring the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Still others, as they come, it's exciting to see the things of the church and the proper understanding as they grow the need of a person's qualification for service and leadership. They understand that as they grow. They have become men and women of God. They have become men and women filled by the Holy Spirit. Dominated by the Word of God. They think biblically. They become mature saints to be used of God. The requirements again are very, very clear and I've given them to you, but I'll give them to you again in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13. For elders, bishops... And deacons. Titus 3, 5 through 9. They're very, very clear. Today, much of the church ignores those qualifications and puts men in leadership who are good businessmen. They have money. But they're not spiritual. So they've got a Corinthian church. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you the facts. Listen, the only protection against your flesh and mine is the word of God. The standard of God's word. The purpose of the church, as you know, is to perfect the saints, to mature them. That they not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That they grow into the full stature of Christ. Every joint, every ligament, everything doing its share for the edification of the body and love. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21 puts it on your lap and mine. Listen carefully. But in a great house... They're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. It's up to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's up to me whether I'm used of God. The proper oversight is a mark of a healthy church. Notice, thirdly, the pleasing results. 5 through 8. The multitude of disciples agreed with the council of the 12, 5 and 6. The same pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, man full of the Holy Spirit, faith and full of the Spirit, and the rest of these guys. And, uh, and they set them before the apostles and they had prayed. They laid hands on them. Now, notice the declaration pleased all the believers who heard. They were on the same page with the apostles, tracking with the apostles for the growth of the church, tracking the priority of the word of God to instruct the church. The unity and harmony of the church was healthy, a healthy, mature sign. That's always, it's refreshing when you see that in people and in church. 
The word pleased means to be acceptable. The people did not think the apostles as being irresponsible or lazy, but wise. The execution of the plan, notice, was implemented. They chose seven men, uh, appeared to be Hellenists, at least by name. People argue where they were not, who cares? But it's a wise thing. You guys are grumbling? You guys are Hellenists? Okay, choose some of your people. Whoa. <laughs> the complaint is, is quenched. Nothing is known about these men except for two, Stephen and Philip. Nicholas, as we'll see, is uh, an opinion. But Stephen here was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. But how did he begin? He began waiting on tables. His name is Stephanos, which means crown, the victor's crown. Not the diadem for a king, but that's the crown that's for you and I when we get rewarded. Stephanos. What a great name. Full of faith. Confidence to trust God in what he says and what he orders. Full of the Holy Spirit. Empowered to serve. He enables us. He will become an evangelist to the synagogue of the freedmen, resulting in the first martyr of the church. He had a short ministry, but a full ministry. I don't necessarily want to live long. I want to make sure I have a full life. You understand? The length is up to God, but I want to make sure I have a full life. I'm not wasting my life. Philip means lover of horses. Pagan, king of Christ. He also began waiting on tables. He became an evangelist. He is the only one called an evangelist in the scriptures. Acts 8, 5, 21, 8. Doesn't mean he was the only evangelist, but the only one called an evangelist in scripture. The next three we know nothing about, except for their names. Uh, Prochorus means leader of the chorus. Maybe he had a great voice. Uh, Nicanor means conqueror. Timon means honorable. And uh, Parmenas means abiding. Great names now that they're Christians. Conquering, honorable, and abiding. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Look at verse 6. The confirmation of the chosen men was affirmed before all. The public presentation was witnessed by all. The people brought and they set the seven before the apostles. Note that very carefully. The apostles were the ruling authority. Recognized ruling authority. Not like dictators. But because they were witnesses and they were seeing that God was using them and God was being efficient through them, we, we flow with what God's doing. The official recognition was witnessed by all too. The apostles, notice, prayed first, without doubt commending them to God for the ongoing anointing of the Spirit and the gifts to handle the ministry. The apostles then laid hands on the seven. The practice of laying hands goes back to the Old Testament, as you know, Isaac, Jacob, and many others, Levitical, the book of Leviticus, for the sin offerings and all the offerings, you transfer those sins. It's a symbolic gesture of approving, confirming, being one in agreement, praying that God would bless. There's no power in the hands. It's, it's just a step of faith. Notice in 7, the multitude of the disciples and the apostles witnessed the church to do what? Continue to grow. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests were what? Obedient to the faith. The process was sourced in what? The word of God, not in personalities. The word of God. The process was sourced in the word of God. This is another summary statement of the word of God. Spreading. Due to being what? Taught. Having delegated to others the ministry. Of serving food. The word spread means to cause to grow. 
but it's in the imperfect, implying continuously. Very important. The word is used for the growth of plants, infants, multitudes, and Christian growth. The context will tell you what it's implying. Now notice, what follows the process? The product. The product of the word of God were what? Children of God. It's real simple. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in where? Jerusalem. The new believers became students and pupils of Jesus. Not of Peter or anybody else, but of Jesus. Multiplying continuously again in the imperfect. Greatly, meaning exceedingly. Where? In Jerusalem, according to Jesus. You shall be witnesses to me first in Jerusalem. Then Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. We're going to get the transition in chapter 8 to the expansion of the church. The number of priests obeyed the faith. Many. The faith here is in relationship to Christianity. The proclamation that Christ is the Messiah, the one who died for us, sins, the one can only forgive us, the one that makes us one with God by His atoning work. That's how it's used. Josephus tells us that in his day there were 20,000 priests. Here it says, a great many. Polus, a large number. We read and go, that's eh, a what? Listen, priests, they trained from 25 to 30. And then in 30, they were inaugurated into their, into their office of priesthood. Remember Ezekiel? He got trained and he couldn't do it. He was made a prophet. But then God gave him a virtual reality tour of the temple, right? When they accepted Jesus, these guys were ostracized, kicked out of the temple. Their families tore their clothes. They died. We lose the impact. Listen, you might come to Christ and your family turn their back on you. When you walk with Jesus, you pray for your family. You don't become bitter. You used to be blind and stupid. Now you have a little wisdom and you can see. Now you see the deception so your heart breaks over you. Pray for them. You make yourself available. You don't go to you know, the poor me's. No. Verse 8. The multitudes of disciples and the apostles witnessed the Lord used Stephen in a greater way. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among what? The people. He began by serving tables, never thinking it beneath himself or insignificant. Very important. He was a man full of faith and power, ready to what? Believe and obey. The word power is dunamis, the Holy Spirit. That's how we do it, ladies and gentlemen. By yielding to him. He already has been mentioned of having a good reputation, character, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Notice he was used by God in what? Great wonder signs among the people. Wonders, supernatural miracles to cause people to be in awe and consider the divine origin. They see something and, and they know it's not normal. They go, it, it, it takes you back. And then signs, divine miracles that point people to God. This is God. Wonders cause you to consider. Signs tell you it's God. <laughs> wow. Who was this guy? He gives out food. Wow. Obedient. Little things. Stephen, crowned, faithful, to an extent that he preaches Christ in a stone to death, the first martyr of the church, as we'll see. Wow. 
When we follow the biblical manual and allow the process of the Spirit to do the work of God, then and only then will we see the product that only the Spirit of God can bring about. You understand? Jesus said, I will build my church. He alone. The Lord says, He has the church daily, such as should be saved. Acts 2 47. But he warns us, do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure, 1 Timothy 5.22. We have to make sure people meet requirements. We want to protect the church. We're not into social welfare. We're into being the church of Jesus Christ. What an incredible privilege all of us have had and seen God provide for all of our needs without any begging, without any pledges, without anything of pressure for money. Uh, but we have lived within our means by the measure that God has always graciously provided. We live within our means. God gave us this building with only 300 people, as you know. And then He had the nerve to pay it off. We believe God was directing us to build a gym. And by the time we put the key in, it was paid off. We have stepped out on the radio across the United States, and every month he flips the bill. We have gone from two people on staff to ten full-time people on staff. Am I boasting? God forbid. I am reminding some of you who have never been here at the beginning that this is what God has done, and he has done as he wills, and we are all in amazement and so rejoicing in God and him alone. You understand? We run this ministry with the philosophy of if God guides, He provides. And it is better to give than to receive. And success is not measured by the number or size of one's church. It's measured by the development, maturity, and growth of every member in the body of Christ and the church as a whole. For the glory of God, ladies and gentlemen. Be thankful. Listen to Zechariah 4.10. For who has despised the day of small things? The men show up here at 5 in the morning to clean up. They sweep the, uh, they get the beer bottles and everything else from the, from the street, the parking lot. They clean it all up for you. They, they, they clean the toilets, everything else. They're here. Oh, he's only a janitor. Only? These are some of the most spiritual men in this church. Be content. Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Not that I speak in regards of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to abase, how to be abased, how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who what? Strengthens me. Contentment. And then be open and obedient in faith. Listen. Ephesians 2, 20 and 21. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The greatest miracle that you see every day is when someone repents of their sins. And they give their life to God. That's a permanent miracle. You understand? God heals you, you're going to die. You're going to get sick again. When you're born again, He gives you eternal life. Romans 11, 33, 35 puts it this way. All oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding on. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has come, become His counselor? Or who has first given to Him? And it shall be repaid for Him. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. And amen. I'm in awe of God. The pleasing result is a mark of a healthy church. 
Here you have the three marks of a healthy church. The problem of growth, the proper oversight, and the pleasing result. And I thank God that I see those here. We're not perfect, but God help us that we would deviate ever, ever. Pastor Xavier Reese and recapping with three marks of a healthy church. And you can have your own copy of today's message, Marks of a Healthy Church. We can send you a copy on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Marks of a Healthy Church, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. How much is your soul worth? That's coming up next time on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Tell a friend. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 